The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. There's no crying in baseball! No crying! And this game's underway. Into the windup of his first offering. Just a bit outside. Here's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos. It will be a home run. Oh, my God. God. Deep to right field. Way up there. High, oh, high. And look who's coming up. You talk about a roll of the dice. This is it. Here's the payoff pitch. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Payoff Pitch. We are Action Network's MLB betting podcast presented by BetMGM. The MLB postseason continues on Monday, October 16th. You have found us in the right place if you are listening on Monday morning, getting you set for game number two of the ALCS between the Texas Rangers and Houston Astros. That's coming up later this afternoon at 4.30. And game one of the NLCS in Philadelphia, the Diamondbacks and Phillies. They square off for game one in their best of seven. Uh, We are here Monday through Friday. Even if there's no game, we'll come on here and do futures outlook and ways you can buy series prices, et cetera, World Series prices in off days. The way the schedule's lined up is we're going to get a game pretty much every day. So that's good news for our podcast. So join us every day during the week. We appreciate the five-star ratings uh, and the reviews that you're leaving. We did promise at the end of last week, if you're new, we're going to do giveaways at the end of each week. And we do have a contest winner simply by leaving a five-star rating and review. Uh, We have GZ2692, GZ2692. You have won a free one-year subscription to Action Pro. All you have to do is email podcasts, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S at actionnetwork.com to claim your prize and we'll do it again at the end of this week and reveal a winner on Monday. So the po- and the review doesn't have to be positive. It could be whatever you'd like. So uh, if you'd like to get involved, uh, please listen to the podcast. And uh, we appreciate the reviews and the uh, five-star ratings, however you consume payoff pitch. I've got Zerillo here, BJ Cunningham. Let's dive in. Zerillo, game two, Texas-Houston. The, the Rangers heater on the road. They've won five consecutive road playoff games. They blanked the Astros. Now they've got Evaldi on the mound against Framber Valdez. How do you handicap this one with the uh, the Rangers at even money plus 100 in Texas or Houston rather is a slight favorite minus 120. Yeah, always awkward to say the Texas and then Houston back to back. I know. Uh, it, just, it doesn't doesn't jive <laughs> with the brain whatsoever. Uh, so Texas, you know, in terms of 
big series game two, no value on a side or total for me off the jump. I will talk about a couple of player props I like, but Texas, I would make their series line about minus 170 before game two. Market sitting around minus 180 to minus 190 on them uh, and about plus 155 on the Astros. So I don't expect to have a bet on the series. And in terms of the game two price, I made Houston about minus 112 and set the total around 7.2 or sorry, 8.2. Uh, so no value with regards to the cider total. Keep an eye on the roof. They closed it last night. It seemed to be a bit of a surprise. Their offense was anemic and they didn't score. Maybe they open it this afternoon to try to get their offense going. Um, you know, in terms of the career numbers against the Evaldi, the Astros have absolutely owned him. And I wonder if that went into Texas's decision at all to start Montgomery over Evaldi in game one. Evaldi would have been on full rest after the divisional round. He's been electric in the playoffs. He was much better in his two starts or a little bit better in his two starts. than Montgomery was in his two starts prior to last night. Montgomery got hit a little bit in a second start in Baltimore. But the one thing to note, as I said, is the splits or the career numbers that these Astros hitters have against the Evaldi across 166 plate appearances, a 971 OPS, a 6.8% strikeout minus walk rate. He's about out about 13% for his career. Most of the damage has been from Jose Altuve and Jordan Alvarez. Jose Altuve has five of the 11 home runs that they have against them, has a 1078 OPS. Jordan is eight for 11 with a couple of walks against the Evaldi. So for player prop purposes, these are the guys I want to bet. Both of them excel against the fastball and slider that he's going to use. Uh, but it is the splitter that he can neutralize Jordan with, neutralize Tucker with. Altuve, too, also a negative run value against splitters. In terms of player props, though, Altuve over one and a half total bases, given the slugging percentage he has against Theovaldi throughout his career, getting a nice juicy plus 150, top of the fact that he's your leadoff hitter and going to get as many opportunities as possible to get on base. But beyond that, Jordan to walk again. I bet him to walk in game one. The Rangers pitched around him. He just was not willing to accept the walk. They threw 16 out of the 20 pitches outside of the strike zone. Only four pitches actually in the strike zone. He struck out swinging over a 3-2 curveball. He struck out swinging over a 3-2 curveball the last time we get him to bet, bet him to get a walk drop too. So it seemed pretty evident to me the Rangers were not giving Jordan much in the zone. They were trying to jam him inside with fastballs and then looking to move the other way with breaking pitches. Eovaldi is going to try to get him to swing over that splitter, but I think the Rangers are going to continue to pitch around him, and I would hope he comes a little bit more patient on uh, Monday afternoon. So Jordan to get a walk at plus 105. Altuve over one and a half total bases at around plus 150. And then on the Texas side, Marcus Semien, uh, great career numbers against Framber Valdez, but also excels against fastballs and curveballs generally, which is what he's going to be seeing from Valdez. That's his pitch mix against right-handed hitters. So uh, Semyon over one and a half total bases, Altuve over one and a half total bases, and then Jordan to get a walk, all at plus money. Those are my prop bets for Astros Rangers game two. And as I said, just keep an eye on that roof to see if they open it, because that might swing me from no bet to betting on the over if they do open it. Okay. And six of the players that were in the Houston lineup for yesterday's game have homered in their career against Nathan Navaldi. Abreu, Altuve, Alvarez, Bregman, McCormick, Pena, Tucker. They all have had a home run against uh, Nathan Navaldi. So McCormick really stood out too. Uh, he crushes fastballs, but he struggles against splitters, all the breaking pitches. So he, he could jump on a fastball for me, Evaldi. He stood out initially as a guy to me. And 
wouldn't be surprised if he went yard tonight. But uh, yeah, they, if he evolved, he goes secondary stuff heavily against McCormick. That's the way to neutralize him. Okay, for a second, by the way, I was like, we talking to we talking to Zarillo or are we talking to Charlie? It's player props. I love it though. The the, the different twist here Zarillo's got on this game. And again, keep yeah, an eye you know, on as the... we as the markets or as the games get fewer, and I have more time to not handicap fifteen baseball games, uh, and I see no value on the side of the total. I go, great. Now I have time to dig into all these player prop markets. So just able to reallocate my time a little bit more during the playoffs. And uh, come come LCS time, once we get down to two games, I feel like I can actually dig in deeper to the pitching matchups and the, the hitter matchups and the Arsenal stats and stuff like that. And it, it is nice. It's a, it's a more or it's a deeper way to handicap these games. And it actually feels like, you know, everything about every individual hitter and pitcher. And, you know, you, you really feel like you have a good, uh, good feel for the series. Hmm. BJ. What's going on? We've got a 1-0 series lead for Texas. They continue to roll on the road. It's Houston in a bounce-back spot tonight at home. Yeah, I am with Sean. I don't project any value on this game. I have the Astros at minus 117 and the total at 8.1, so really no value in the market. But I actually have a question for Sean Zarello because I'm puzzled with Nathan Nivaldi right now because of how bad he was down the stretch. And he seemingly has had a couple of good starts. Where do you have him like projected from an ERA standpoint? You know, uh, we we got some hate apparently for talking about stuff plus, but I, I think stuff plus is a good indicator of where <laughs> Evaldi was pre and post injury in the first half before going on the IL. Evaldi was at a 103 stuff plus after coming back off the IL in August and September, he was at a 97 stuff plus with 100 being league average. But then in the playoffs, his fastball velocity has gone back up. He was lost a tick in August, September. The two playoff stop starts, he's gotten back over 95 miles an hour. In fact, his wild card start was the hardest he's thrown all, all season or in several months, I believe. It was Wheeler who threw the hardest he's thrown all season wild card start. But in terms of an ERA projection, I put Eovaldi and Fromber at about the same number, both around 4.1 in terms of an ERA projected number. So okay. uh, expected ERA for Eovaldi this year of four, Fromber 4.3. Model weighted ERA, Frombert 3.5, or or sorry, 4.5, and Evaldi closer to fives, but that's factoring in that second half sample. So I basically have to leave out that second half sample, and I right. get them to the relatively same level. Gotcha. Uh, I didn't talk about it much with Frombert, but his home runs home, home run rate spiked this year. And, you know, at this point, like, I don't know why we're not just handicapping who we think is going to hit more home runs in the game, because <laughs> postseason teams are now 15-1. and one. When they yeah, you brought this up. Opponents. You brought bringing this up since the beginning. So 15 and one this year in the postseason. I believe it was 23 and six last year in the postseason. And since 2018, it's at an 84% clip. So just figure out who's going to hit more home runs in the game. And you're going right. to do just fine in terms of your handicapping. Uh, but again, that roof being closed should knock down a few home runs and may change the way the series plays out. So I think the roof for both teams is so key, whether they're going to open it or close it at home. But yeah, uh, BJ, I project Evaldi Fromber at like the same exact level okay. right now. Is that where you have them? Yeah, pretty much. That's what I was I was kind of getting at is because of how bad Evaldi was when he came back post-injury, when beforehand he was actually very, very good pre-injury. So, And then he's come on and he's obviously been a very good postseason pitcher over his career. It's been kind of this weird dynamic of like, okay, how – where is he? Like, how good actually is, is he? So I'm, I'm glad to hear him around there. But for me, yeah, I don't really have a value on either side. If I were to do any uh, player props, Mitch Garver is somebody I would target from the Rangers. He crushes left-handed pitching, 420 weighted on base average. He'll be hitting third in the lineup. And the one thing about Framber is, is when guys get on base, he tends to get a little flustered. His XFIP goes from three 
to four with guys mm-hmm. in scoring position. So with him hitting third in the order with Seager and Simeon ahead of him, if those guys can just get on base and get Framber a little flustered, it'll give Garver a much, much better opportunity to get a hit or get, you know, an extra base hit. His total bases right now is uh, over one and a half. Best price you can find is plus 150, uh, which I think is a decent price for the Rangers' best hitter against left-handed pitching. But yeah, I don't really have a play on a side or a total. If I were to target anybody uh, from the Rangers, it would probably be Mitch Garver. For Amber Valdez, to Zarillo's point, last year, 1.3% home run rate up to 2.4 in 2023. Um, He allowed 19, I believe, this year, and he had never allowed more than 11 in a season previously. So it really went up this year. The hard contact rate went up. The ground ball rate's down by about 10%. All of those things are correlated. Mm -hmm. But really, just seeing the ground ball rate go lower, the home run rate spike. Mm -hmm. You know, if these two are going to have home run rates that are closer to one another, it just helps Texas' chances. If he's back to his, you know, half a home run per nine inning rate, it just helps Houston. So, yeah, the home run is such a key uh, in the playoffs. It's, it's becoming a joke, but it really is like the number one thing to look out for is home run rates on these pitchers. Quickly, before we go to the NLCS, any value in Houston at plus 145, down 1-0 in the series? That's the series price. Stay no, away. I said I made it about minus 170 for Texas. Uh, so I would probably want like plus 185 or better okay. to bet Houston. Um, and if I was to look to bet Texas, I would want like minus 155 or better. So the, you know, the number is on either side of where I projected this out, which leads me to believe unless there's substantial movement, there's no chance of entering from a series perspective. So saw value on Phillies and Diamondbacks. We'll get to that in a moment. But through two games, there's really been no disagreement between me and the market on Raiders and Astros. BJ, you staying away? Yeah, where's, I mean, the thing is, is like, where's the the gigantic pitching or offensive matchup that the Astros have to, mm. you know, give them, you know, this type of price. So I agree with Sean that price isn't good enough on the Astros to play them at this point. And I mean, even with Fran Bear's strug- struggles, mm-hmm. Christian Javier and Urquidy waiting behind them, it doesn't really give you much confidence in the Astros. In terms it's a very of coin flippy series. Yeah. That's a good every, word. Every game coin flippy series. And yeah, you just, you need a better price to be able to play the Astros. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Payoff Pitch presented by BetMGM. Use the bonus code ACTION when signing up to get up to $1,500 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
I don't know if it's going to be coin flippy in the NLCS with the Phillies and the Diamondbacks. Just after 8 o'clock, they start at Citizens Bank Park. Uh, you can catch that one on TBS. The first game is on FS1. Um, okay, so it's Zach Wheeler on the mound for Philadelphia. The uh, Diamondbacks go with Zach Gallon. So two Zachs on the mound, head-to-head. Totals at 7. Diamondbacks plus 140 on the money line. Phillies minus 165. I think most of you, Zarillo, most of Action Network jumped on the Phillies money line price as soon as it came out for mm-hmm. series, game one. So that number has changed quite a bit since you bet it. Uh, if you want to explain that trajectory to the audience, but I'm imagining you're still pretty high on Philadelphia here going into this series. Yeah, we were here on Friday, which seems like uh, a really long time ago at this point. Uh, but we talked about the Phillies and their futures and their pricing relative to the Diamondbacks. And this opened at basically minus 150 for the series, which was shockingly low. I projected it at minus 173. If you look around the market right now, you can find Philadelphia between minus 175 and as high as minus 190 to win this series. And instead of laying that at a negative EV price, I would bet the Phillies to win the World Series right now and jump ahead and lock in that price. Basically would be your series price against the winner of Houston and Texas, Mm -hmm. assuming that the Phillies advance. I would project the Phillies right now at about plus 200 to win the World Series. You can get as high as plus 215 to plus 220. So that's the bet, the futures bet that I would lock in right now. If you want to bet the Phillies straight up against the Diamondbacks in the NLCS, bet the minus one and a half games on the series spread at about plus 125 down to plus 120. You get Willard or Noah four times in those six games, in the first six games of the series. You get an equal, equal number of home and away games. And, you know, this is how we bet Philadelphia in the playoffs essentially last season, I believe, against the Braves. We bet the minus one and a half games, a big juicy plus money number, uh, minus one and a half in the NLCS too. So, it's just been the strategy we've taken with the Phillies in the playoffs and getting those four Willer and Nola starts, betting them to win in six games or fewer and take care of things. Uh, so if, if you're looking for a prop, looking for a plus EV way to bet the Phillies in this series specifically, Phillies minus one and a half game spread is the way to go. In terms of the game one lines, it'd be very odd if I was on the Phillies for the series and not the Phillies in game one. But I do like Zach Willer quite a bit. Uh, given his form in the playoffs, as I mentioned last week, he now owns the record for the lowest whip in playoff history, which is extremely impressive. Minimum of 40 innings, but he has surpassed Mariano Rivera, who I wrote as Mariano Rivers. Thank you, autocorrect, in my article today. And Kenley Jansen. Uh, but Wheeler, <laughs> we've seen the velocity go up in the playoffs for consecutive years now. And he was sitting around 95-8 during the regular season. Wild card start against the Marlins, 96-8. He's at 96-3 against Atlanta, so he bumps it up. Come playoff time, you see the strikeout numbers go up. Based on second half pitch modeling metrics alone, Wheeler was the best pitcher in baseball. He had a 112 pitching plus rating, best in baseball in the second half. The home run rates for these two starters, we talked about the home run rates in the Astros series. They're both comparable and both slightly below one per nine innings. So both Gallon and Wheeler do limit the home run. Gallon's strikeout minus walk rate is pretty comparable to what Wheeler's done. And looking at the team versus team splits or the team versus team results, the Diamondbacks have better numbers against Wheeler than the Phillies have against Gallon. So all of those things concern me. If you're going to look for a player on the Diamondbacks to get a hit, it's Tommy Pham. Pham, really good numbers against fastballs and sliders. That's going what he's going to see from Wheeler about 80% of the time. He's also 5 for 11 against Wheeler with four walks and two strikeouts. So he clearly sees the ball well against Wheeler. I like Tommy Pham to get on base tonight. 
Uh, I like Bryce Harper to get on base tonight via a walk. I think just given the form that Harper's in, where he sits in the lineup, the potential you get him walked either in a big spot or just pitched around, very similar to Jordan. But Harper to get a walk at minus 105, I think is interesting. But in terms of where I projected this game, I have the Phillies closer to about minus 180 for the first five innings, minus 165 for the full game. So if you get minus 165 for the first five and about minus 155 for the full game, that's where I would bet the Phillies too. I believe the full game number has come up Opened around minus 148, has come up to minus 160. Actually opened minus 138. was the series price that opens minus 148. But the first five line, still within range. Very near, being out of range, but still in range right now. Uh, Minus 165, the best price available. Wouldn't really pet it past that. And then the last note, 56 degrees. Cold night in Philly. This is October baseball, baby. Lean under. Lean under, okay. Yeah, this is gonna this is eighty degree weather we've had at the, even these Phillies games. I mean, yeah. we're gonna have games in the desert. We have two games in Texas. Like, I want to feel, I want to feel the October fall classic weather through the TV, and we're gonna get some of that, I think, uh, as this Philly series starts. So, BJ, I'll share because I know no one cares but you, Inzerillo, I guess. <laughs> I cashed out the Diamondbacks World Series. Oh I, no, I know, I know, I'm such a loser. I, I got out of no. it. No. Took the I got fifteen times my uh, fifteen times the profit that I would have got if I just let it ride and they win the whole thing. So, no, now if the Diamondbacks end up going on a run, you can come back and blame me. Just blame Brendan. Blame blame the host of Payoff Pitch because I feel uh, this game is just such a such a swing game. I think you guys have talked so highly about Wheeler all season, and Gallon has outperformed his advanced metrics. So I'm assuming, uh, BJ, you're going to make me feel better and you're going to talk about why the Phillies are the right play as well for the series and for this game tonight. They are. I just think the price has gone up a little too much on the Phillies to be able to play them at this current juncture. I mean, we're talking minus 165, you know, for full game and first five, which I think is close to cutoff point or if what if you want to play the Phillies. So, you know, if you want to play the Phillies, I'd just take the minus one and a half at this point. But for me... I like Wheeler's pitching outs over 16 and a half. Mm. And I think it's a little low for Wheeler, to be honest. 30, he started 34 games pre and post or regular and postseason this, this year. He's gone five and two thirds and 25 of those starts. Sean Oshmez, he's one of the best pitchers over the second half of baseball overall for the season, led the national league in war fourth best XERA seventh best stuff. Plus, and the matchup here for Wheeler I think is really good because he is maybe the best pitcher in baseball against right-handed hitters. Only a 240 weighted on base average allowed to righties this season. The Diamondbacks were average at best against righties all season long. And honestly, we'll only be, be able to probably platoon the, uh, four left-handed bats realistically against Wheeler. So that becomes a problem. Now, Wheeler does get slightly worse when he faces the third time or through the order, which is typical of most starting pitchers. 317 weighted on base average allowed, but... He consi- uh he he consistently is out there to face that third time through the order. Averages about 24 and a half batters faced per start. So, and especially with this being a game one and with that an off day after the game two, the Phillies will not want to overextend their bullpen here right away in game one. They're I they're gonna lean on Wheeler, they're gonna lean on their best pitcher. And I even if he runs into a little bit of trouble, I think Thompson's gonna leave him out there and he's gonna actually give him give him a chance to get out of some of these situations. So uh, the Diamondbacks has obviously been hitting the ball very, very well all, all postseason long. Um, 
I don't know if that's going to continue. And like Sean mentioned, a 56 degree uh, day, the both games they played against the Brewers in Milwaukee, I believe the roof was closed for both of those. And they obviously yep. played in Arizona and Los Angeles. So this will be the first cold weather game that they've experienced in the, the postseason. Now, obviously, uh, I'm assuming over the, I haven't looked back at their regular season schedule, but I'm assuming they played in a little bit of cold weather uh, in September. But yeah, I, I really like Wheeler here. I, I think he's definitely going six innings, uh, at least going to get to the sixth inning. Ben, you know, obviously got to the seventh and both of his postseason starts already. So um, Wheeler over 16 and a half pitching outs. And there's one player prop I will mention going kind of off of Wheeler's really good against right-handed batters. The worst right-handed hitter that the Dimebacks have against right-handed pitching is Evan Longoria. Uh, he's, you know, well below average in terms of weighted on base average and weighted runs created plus. Postseason, he's three for 18. I think it's a good matchup for Wheeler. Under under half a hit is minus 140, which is a little juicy for me, um, but I'm going to stare at that all day, and I might end up playing at Longoria under half a hit because uh, it's just a terrible matchup for him. So, um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm looking here in, in this game. Okay. Uh, for what it's worth, the Diamondbacks, I'm not going to go look at the temperature in all these games. But they yeah. were in New York, and they were in Chicago. Yep. Um, okay, that makes sense. Yep. Before right. they played Houston to wrap up the regular season in September. I'll, uh, I'll plug Brett Labs here because I just was able to filter it down in like three seconds. The D-backs have played 13 games this year below 60 degrees. They were six and seven in those games. So Okay. Look at that. Uh, one one last thing I want to note with regards to the series, run prevention. JT Rio Mujo, I think, is the biggest key for the Phillies. And the Diamondbacks are probably going to need to get aggressive on the base pass, particularly against Wheeler. When Wheeler was a Met, he could not prevent stolen bases. They had Darno behind the plate who couldn't throw anybody out. Uh, they were terrible at holding runners as a team. You've seen the numbers for Syndergaard throughout his career. Syndergaard never really fixed that problem. Since Wheeler joined the Phillies, he's only allowed 13 steals on 23 attempts. And he's been with JT Realmuto the whole time. Realmuto since 2018 has double, double the amount of runs prevented via stole, stolen bases as any other catcher. Gabriel Marino's at nine. JT Realmuto's at 18. So you have the best catcher or one of the best catchers at preventing stolen bases and a pitcher who's fixed his stolen base against problem considered betting diamondbacks under steel props tonight under one and a half team steals under two and a half team steals i'm not really sure where the number is but that's something i'd like to look at given how Rio muto is able to hold runners and prevent runners cut them down uh and then also anti-home run props as well on this game being 56 degrees uh <laughs> parlaying the diamondbacks all not to homer i don't know how to go about that but uh yeah i think i think with uh the home run rates fromber evaldi all four guys really going today above average home run rates and by above average i mean lower than the major league average so might start looking at guys to not homer today or as bj said to not do stuff not get a hit I think that might be an interesting approach too. Comes full circle from talking about whoever has the most home runs mm -hmm. is going to win these games. Um, you got me going down a rabbit hole now trying to find this stolen base prop, but I'm not having I got it right here. And it's not great, Sean. You guys are yeah. uh, um, Arizona total steam team stolen bases over a half. Oh, under, under is minus 150. Oh, over, no. Over is, over is even money. So great. 
great hold on that market from this. Yeah, I, I might bet the over. Like I mean, that. all they have to do is double steal and one guy gets thrown out. Well, I guess now I, you know, it doesn't count as a stolen base then, but yeah, it's, uh, I would not bet over under a half or under a half. I would bet over a half. Um, <laughs> oh, you were, you <laughs> so were disregard my analysis, but uh, you know, I, I do think JT Realmuto is the reason why that line is so low. He doesn't give him up. And since Will, he's been working with Wheeler, they have not given him up together. So also, huh. I'm just looking at it. Um, at this book, total home runs by both teams in this game over one and a half or over one and a half, but they got the over juice to minus one ninety and under at plus one thirty. So mm-hmm. again, great hold on this market. Uh, Four solo shots in that clinching game for uh, Braves Phillies, right? Yeah, I also should mention that it, it's really chalky. Uh, but Bryce Harper's the best right uh, bat against right-handed pitching and fastballs, which Wheeler's like a or not Wheeler Gallons a fifty percent fastball pitcher. So. If you want the squarest play on the board, it's probably Harper to Homer and over total bases or whatever it is. And and Harper, the reason, you know, I didn't bet Harper over total bases uh, when, you know, you just mentioned the fastball number. He crushes the secondary stuff that Gallon throws. I wonder if it's related to when he first came back. He wasn't able to catch up with fastballs, but it seems like he hunts for breaking balls. He homered off the breaking ball against the Braves, I believe, in both at bats. Um, so just... The numbers, the season-long numbers for Harper against four seamers were closer to average than I would have liked where he crushes the secondary stuff. But yeah, if if he uh, got healthier in the second half, started hitting fastballs better, and that might be hidden in the numbers, it's very possible. Can't parlay no home run to all the uh, <laughs> Diamondbacks. I did try to do that. I've tried it. You guys have been so good about giving me the uh, the weather details, the stolen base. That's good. And you yeah, and if you want the weather, the wind, it's six mile an hour blowing in from left field in Philly tonight. So not much of a real factor there. Also, but I will say, Sean, if they do open the the roof, and I now I'm now that I'm thinking about it, I, I'm assuming that uh, if it's still called, yeah, Minute Maid Park. Uh, wind will be blowing in around 12 to 11 miles per hour Ooh. straight in from center field at Minute Maid Park, 67 degrees. So if they do decide to open it now, I'm not sure if that stadium is built up high enough where it won't really matter as much um, comparatively to other stadiums. Cause it is, you know, if you think about it, obviously structurally, it's very, very tall. So um, yeah, that would be something to consider. But again, I'm not sure if that's, they're probably just going to close the roof if it's 67 degrees. I mean, it's, it's Texas. I don't know if they can handle that that chilly weather outdoors. If it is, if it is get a open, bunch of people from Texas yelling at me, if it is there open, another great reviews, BJ. Yeah. If, if it is open, another great resource, you want to go to the, the X app and you want to tweet at Anthony DeBundo. He would be happy yep. to answer any of your wind weather questions. Uh, he will. He any will sport. go about any sport. Yeah. Well, you know, he might not be bored when it's eight o'clock tonight and he's got the Phillies playing. He loves he, low key. This is not a joke. He actually loves meteorology. He absolutely loves it. He loves tracking hurricanes, storms, everything. So if you have any storm related questions, just send them to Anthony Dubundo. I'm actually not joking. He actually does love it. Well, we will have Dubundo tomorrow with Zerillo for a payoff pitch. We will be back tomorrow to preview game two of the NLCS Merrill Kelly, Aaron Nola, the pitching matchup. So we will discuss what happens tonight in game one. We'll touch on game two. Anything to look ahead to in game three between the the Astros and the Rangers. I'm just going to go with their their mascot names and not the set, the towns because I'm just going to get all screwed up uh, throughout the rest of the month. For Zerillo and BJ Cunningham, Brendan Glasheen, thanks for listening to Payoff Pitch, Action Network's MLB betting podcast. Best of luck. Enjoy the games tonight. And we're joining you every weekday during the postseason. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. 
Look at his crowd on its feet. What a tribute. No one wants to leave. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.